Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and good morning to the West Coast. I'm your host, Tori. Today is January 17, 2019. And is it me or is this week taking forever to go by? Kind of feels like it, doesn't it? Remember, you can DM me uh, on Gab at Tor underscore says or Tor underscore says on Twitter. That's T-O-R-E underscore S-A-Y-S. And I'm always open to emails at uh, Tori at ToriSays.com. Wow. So our president just finished uh, a talk at the Pentagon in regards to missile defense. We'll skirt about that and talk about it in the later half of this hour. I would like to say thank you to everyone that was listening yesterday and understanding and sending me messages of how we should be driving this conversation. We would think that the left at this time would have at least considered that the wall would protect vulnerable people, that the wall would be necessary to deter at least one child being sold into slavery or for organ donations or for pharmaceutical trials without having anyone to mourn for it when they're done with whatever they're doing with this child, right? You would think that the left would see that as something mandatory and humanitarian, But instead, they insist. You have to wonder, why are they insisting? They're recognizing that there are issues. They're recognizing that this is a humanitarian issue. But they refuse to build a physical barrier. And a physical barrier would stop the majority of the crime of the trafficking of drugs in human beings. So there's something else. Okay, one would say the left imports their votes like this. You know, all these illegal migrants seeking refuge. But at some point you have to realize that even the people that are voting for you, that are bleeding hearts, have to say stop at some point. This shutdown is proving just how reluctant and how anarchic they are acting. They refuse to have conversations. They refuse to budge. And it has to make you wonder. uh, If you're the one that is listening to me accidentally in your car, tuning in, and 
you vote for the left and you hate President Trump. Orange man, bad. You're one of those NPCs that just repeat, repeat, repeat. Think about it. What would be so bad about this wall? The illegal migrants? Is that it? Well, for every one migrant, you get a terrorist, drugs, and people trafficked. Isn't it all about, always about the greater good? Always? So today, I thought I would elaborate where I left it yesterday, where I said the new narrative that we need to make crystal clear that cannot be refuted is what I've been saying. How many terrorists are already within our nation? How many are sitting, lying, and waiting for that opportunity? How many have come through the border? Because I've said this before. You've heard this before. I've written about this before. That the majority of the people crossing the border may indeed be South American, Central American, and Mexican. Indeed. But at least 40% are not. 40% of them are not. They are people flying in from countries where they train for ISIS. Hezbollah is desperate. Their leader is either dead or gravely ill. In the Middle East, there is a lot going on right now. We're seeing alliances or support from where you would think it would be impossible to see. We are seeing Saudi Arabia come behind Israel. This is insane, right? Where would that ever happen? It's incredible how the news are not being reported as they should. They should be reported as they are, which is the people coming through the border. And, you know, the president said it, are not all Mexican, Central American, and South American. Bolsonaro had stated that he is going to crack down on ISIS and terror cells that are flying into his country. He made that a commitment. They fly into countries with lower security, with fake passports. I've explained to you in a previous uh, you know, show how we detect fake passports at airports. Sometimes. Because the example I gave you was someone that cleared through the electronic systems. It was just a hunch some guy had and pulled him over and he was right. You can never replace uh, a human to do, you know, a computer to do a human's job because they don't have instinct. They work in ones and zeros. So technology is not at the same level we are for detection and problem solving. It problem solves with ones and zeros. Humans use things like hunches and drawing on experience. Think about it. How many Iranians, how many members of Hamas or Hezbollah have just landed somewhere in South or Central America right now as we're speaking? Clearing customs. And with one credit card or oodles of cash, they pay their way to the border. So that guy that just got off the plane in Chile, Peru, 
Venezuela with a fake passport, either created in his country, purchased from another, or provided to him by the actual South American countries, is now making his or her way to our border with the intention of entering a shopping center and blowing it up or entering an office building and blowing it up. You know, we had on the news uh, yesterday about a man who was planning to blow up the White House. Do you remember that? And that came on the heels of Nancy Pelosi, and we'll get to that, asking for the State of the Union not to be executed because of security concerns and because of the shutdown. Hmm, that's curious. So she can dictate when the State of the Union should happen, and she, in, in, in some way, tells the president, maybe it's better you do it on paper. Because why should, why should he do it on paper? Because then they can parse it through. It's wrong for him to tell the nation exactly what's going on, that you, for some reason, other than the safety of every single citizen, and even those that voted for you, you refuse to put a wall Maybe he will talk about the statistics of the terrorists that we have been able to apprehend crossing the border. So that leaves room for one to understand just how many are coming through that we haven't caught. Their alternative plans or drones or more manpower, really? That's expensive. Isn't it better to build a wall? where it would allow a patrol unit to be able to see and visualize. Because on the wall, you can fasten cameras. And you might say, well, they might eliminate the cameras. Yes, they will, but we'll know about it. You know, they're dropping drugs uh, through drones now over our border, aren't they? Why not? It's 2019. So one would say the drones wouldn't work either. Because they can only see as far as they fly and whatever their view is, unless you have like a Google drone, (laughs) that's a 360. Regardless, though, this wall is a really big problem. They do not want it. And now we need to pull the final argument out. The one that we don't want to use because fear is not the best way to go. When you use fear on a nation to have them agree with you, it's not right. But in this case, it's necessary. Because telling people that all these illegal drugs are coming in, nobody cares. Yeah, we know it happens. We have El Chapo saying that he paid off the Mexican president $100 million. These people don't have chump change. They have real deep pockets. Terrorists, even more so. So think about it. You don't care about the drugs coming over. You don't care about these vulnerable people, children, young women and men being trafficked across our, bar- our border. Well, do you care that terrorists are coming? Do you care that the next time you might go to a concert, it might just blow up? It'll be that lit. Well, how is that terrorist going to come in? Probably not from the airport. 
We have facial recognition programs. We have biometric data. We have everything to control at that narrow point of entry where you kind of almost single file to come into our country. You go through machines, x-rays, everywhere you go in the airport, no matter what language you're listening to, there's someone like me interpreting, translating, and transcribing. It is a fort, and still they can make it through. So imagine along our border just how many go through. So you have to think, is the border... And these supposed illegal immigrants that are fleeing for the life of a white picket fence, really an issue when it comes to safety? Because even them coming in are at, are, are threatened, I guess, by these terrorists. Because the terrorists aren't going to see, well, you know, they're an illegal immigrant, so I shouldn't blow them up. They're just going to blow stuff up. They're just going to take guns a-blazing. That's the way terrorists work. Because in their mind, in their religion... They are doing the right thing. They are doing the right thing. And this is something we really need to pay attention to because we are seeing Rashida's petition to get her out of Congress has gotten over 100,000 signatures. So it's going to get the attention of the president. We have Ilhan Omar excusing herself for her anger, talking about Israel, you know, tweeting out these things and saying these things. You don't believe that for a second, do you? All eyes should be on Minnesota this year. They have an attorney general that subscribes to Sharia. He wants to disable and get rid of ISIS. Uh, get rid of ICE, sorry, ICE. They've just got a sheriff in Minneapolis, a gay guy who's kind of, you know, going on with the liberal parroting. Like, how is this guy even elected? Wants to get rid of ICE too. They've got... The care chapter, the guy that has the chapter for care in Minnesota on the advisory board of the governor too. And they've got in Minnesota, Minneapolis specifically, almost a 40% Muslim population. Minnesota Stan maybe. People need to wake up. This isn't Islamophobia even though it's merited to have some, considering that some won't have the more evolved, uh, you know, approach. Kind of like Christians have a more evolved approach to Christianity, right? We don't sell our kids for cows. We don't sacrifice people. We don't, you know, we don't do things that were written in the Bible. But the thing is, not all Muslims do everything that Muhammad said in the Bible, in their, in their Quran, their word. They don't. But the majority do. Because you cannot be a Muslim without recognizing that Sharia is the most ultimate law. These are the people that are coming through our border. There were reports of prayer rugs being found everywhere along the border. You have to ask yourself, how many Mexicans do you think are Muslims? None. Even their speech has Christian verses in it. They are very Christian, very Catholic, it's in their culture. So how many of these border crossings, how many prayer rugs do you need to find along a border to be convinced that we are being invaded by terrorists? 
that can come in and disappear. You will not see them. They won't go and open up a bank account. They won't go and rent under their own name. These entities are everywhere. They're organizations with very deep pockets. They are bringing fear into our nation, which can shape the way we move forward. The Democrats refused to put up a wall. Maybe the whole plan was to terrorize America, to forfeit their rights to privacy completely, to forfeit their right to weapons completely. Because if you take all the weapons away and no one has weapons, then terrorists won't have weapons. That's what they'll tell you. I mean, that's what they told everyone in Chicago. And in the end, it is you who gets harmed. So using this argument, for me at least, is the last one you would like to use on anyone that obviously does not use rational thought when deciding if a wall is necessary or not. Because again, drugs is no big deal. Criminals, organized crime, no big deal. Children getting traffic, no big deal. They'll just coin it as a conspiracy theory. They'll say, well, how often does it happen? Well, I don't know. You tell me. Can you patrol uh, part of the border and count how many kids come in? Even the left says that it's a problem. But they're refusing the wall. We can find something else except for the wall. What? Tell me what? Laser walls? So we want to put a laser across because we can't manipulate that, right? It's light. We can't make it bend so it doesn't alarm and kick off, right? We can't hop it. We can't use other methods, can we? A wall, a physical barrier, even in science. Did you know that using physical barriers, you can deter disease? Yes, we use that, don't we? Don't we get put up in full get-ups when we enter someone's room that has C. diff? Just saying. If someone's sick, don't we wear a physical barrier so that we don't catch it? A virus, a very tiny one we can't even see. So now we have a border where all these people are coming in that we can't even see. Why wouldn't we put a physical barrier? To help catch the majority. You strain your pasta, right? You got a physical barrier and you have little holes to allow stuff to trickle in. Where our little holes will be the ports of entry to allow people to come through. The ones that we can check. The ones that we select. It's not rocket science. Everyone should be asking every single liberal friend you have. And it's not liberal. I have to change that that saying because I'm getting on that bang and guide. Liberalism is not the same as leftism, okay? They're kind of leaning that way, but they're not really. They're all about the Constitution. So the far radical left, the leftists, the ones that don't know which bathroom to use, can't decide if they want to work or not. But all they know is that the world is horrible and they need to fix it by getting a degree in feminism. Those people, ask them. What is so wrong with a wall? Explain. If it's going to stop human trafficking, why don't you want a wall? Well, these illegal immigrants, all right. But do you know that when illegal immigrants come in, so do terrorists? Yeah, but what are their chances? This is where we show numbers, and I guarantee you at the State of the Union, President Trump is going to have status. He's going to have all pictures, names, connections. 
And, you know, this isn't a new argument. This isn't a new statement. This isn't something new. We've been talking about it for years. Terrorists won't come through the front door and knock. They won't ring your doorbell. And they won't take their chances coming through the forts of entry. The forts, right? Such as airports, such as seaports that are more tightly regulated. They will come in through a border that you don't check. And now, now that Hezbollah, their leader, is sick or dead, they are in panic mode. So you can expect them to rank it up and bring the war here. Because out in the Middle East, no matter what is going on, it's failing. That bombing that happened in Syria, I can almost, I would, if I was part of the panel that sat down and talked with the president, I'd be like, hey, we need to be looking at Turkey because they just signed over Idlib, which, you know, they handed it over to Hamas and Hezbollah and all the other terror cells. They created a truce so they can kill the Kurds and they can take positioning, strategic positioning. They signed a treaty. The Turkish FLN signed a treaty. Look at the Turkish people. Poor Syria, they're really trying to defend that little piece of land that sits on the bay. And you know, George Papadopoulos tweeted something out pretty cool, which was amazing. He said, listen, if you want Russia to leave Crimea, then you need to make Turkey leave Cyprus. Now, it's not the exact same things because the Crimeans actually had a referendum and they chose to stay with Russia. You know, everyone can say what they want, but I I actually went there. So I'm telling you that they had a referendum and they wanted to stay with Russia because they were opposed to what the European was doing in the Ukraine in regards to oil and gas. Okay, that's the that's the reality. But if we want to take the talking points of the globalists and say that he's invading Crimea, right, and that he took it over, then why haven't we helped Cyprus? Since 1974, this isn't something 100 years old. It happened in modern times, happened over 40 years ago, and yet they still have confiscated the northeastern part of Cyprus. Why are they still there? Oh, it's okay for the Turkish people to do it, but it's not okay for Russia. What are we, picking sides, are we? No, it's because Turkey said, you either let me do what I, they wanted to take all of Cyprus, but, you know, they were stopped at some point because all the other countries intervened, but they took a pretty good chunk of it. So think about it. When you, when you talk about what's going on with terror cells, you need to pay attention to who the real terrorists are. You need to sit back and, and think, all right, who's Turkey? Okay. Turkey is a Muslim nation. Okay. But they're disowned by all Arab countries, completely disowned. They will not even acknowledge them. They hate them. They're like the gum on the bottom of your shoe. They do not trust them because, you know, they, they were, they're the Ottomans. They're what were called the barbarians. How can you trust someone that has no loyalty to anything? How can you trust a country that's really just mercenaries and barbarians? You can't. You know, in a way, I kind of feel sorry for the Turkish people. Seriously. 
Not all of them, but a majority of them. Because they don't realize, you know, I'd hate to be a Turkish person because I would feel so isolated in this world where the Europeans don't want me because my country's crazy and we're killing Kurds like crazy. But, you know, I've been brought up to consider the Kurds disposable garbage. So I'm kind of okay with that. And then I would then think I'm a Muslim, but the Arab nations don't accept me. They treat me like I'm a lesser, I'm from a lesser God. And they tell me that I'm from a country that is not worthy of any partnership. I feel horrible as a Turkish person. That's, that's how I would feel. I'm not Turkish. So think This country is indeed the kid that nobody wants to play with on the playground, but they uh, take advantage of the uh, muscle, the idios, just how daft they are. They think they're smarter than they are, and they aren't. They think that because they are indeed positioned strategically, like if you look on a map, Turkey is prime location. It's almost at the belly button of the earth to access all continents. Almost. And they are right in the middle of oil, black gold right there, Africa, minerals. And then they've got civilization to the west and to the north and to the east. Perfect location. In the hands of who? People that have no loyalty, not even to themselves. Wow, right? Our world is literally in such a debacle right now. And our president made it clear with his speech at the Pentagon today, didn't he? He called out threats because they're all threats. For me, I would have also thrown in the European Union. But, you know, we have to consider them allies since they owe us money. And we still have our signatures on treaties with them. And we'll get into that later on in the show. Wow, we really need to build that wall because it is indeed scary. Was that 25 minutes? 30 minutes, wasn't it? (laughs) I'll see you guys in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 
855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194 promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever. So during the break, I got a question from someone um, who is Uh, you know, who pretty much is asking me, are you, uh, you know, Islamophobic? This is, you know, I have my DMs open and I'd like to answer on air since they're listening. No, I am not in one sense. I've lived in the Middle East. I've lived with these people. I've um, learned their ways. I understand their culture. And like I said, their religion is still by the book. There are few that practice, but up to a certain point. It's when they enter that stage of fanaticism or in, in living in a nation that has it as the ultimate law that you need to concern yourself with. Because even women comply because they feel it. Now, you know, I've been giving a lot of flack to Ilhan Omar, and I told you to keep an eye on Minnesota. Well, I want to play a clip for you. Um, from Ilhan Omar. Now, we all know that I don't like Lindsey Graham. And I'll comment more on what she says here. But I want you guys to just take a listen and see what she says on CNN in regards to her tweet. So here we go. Let's play this. Well, positive one. We need to ask you about this. You tweeted, we're going to put this up on the screen regarding uh, Republican Congressman Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, I believe we we have this tweet saying they got him. He is compromised. Uh, And there it is. Okay, they got him. He is compromised. So first of all, he's not compromised. He's still working with the cabal. But what she's inferring to here it is what they're saying is that he's um, homosexual. And we all know Lindsey Graham swings every single way. It's okay. Mm, except for the part where he goes to, what is it? 
what's the what's the age limit? Twelve to sixteen? Didn't isn't that what established by Obama? Maybe under. I wonder if you'd explain what Likes what you with were talking kids, about. But listen there. to what this, she this, says. This has sparked a fair amount of criticism, uh, not just from Republicans. Can you explain that comment? So over the last three years, um, we have seen many times where uh, Senator uh, Lindsey Graham has told us how dangerous this president could be if we were, he was given the opportunity to be in the White House. And all of a sudden, he's made um, not only a, a 180 turnaround, but a 360 turnaround. And so I am pretty sure uh, that there is something happening um, with him, whether it is, um, uh, you know, uh, something that has to do with his uh, funding when it comes to running for, for office, whether it has mm -hmm. uh, something to do with the polling that they might um, uh, have. So basically what she's saying is... So don't listen to the people saying it's homophobic, right? Because we all know that all of these lovely leftists and globalists have a special taste for little hot dogs and pizza. But let's take it this way. What she's telling them is he's no longer on our team and he is a threat. This is what she's saying. She is calling out a rhino and saying this is a problem. In, in his district or whether it, it has to do with um, some sort of uh, leadership within uh, the Senate. He is somehow uh, compromised to no longer stand up that's, for the truth uh, and, and to, to make sure that he is uh, fighting um, to, to protect the oath that he took uh, in serving the American people. But, but that, that's... Wait a minute. Oath that he took to serving the American people because she took an oath to serve the Amer American people? No, she didn't. She took her oath to serve her God and then the people that she represents, supposedly. Let's continue. Quite a charge to make. You say you're pretty sure based on, based on what evidence, what, what facts. That, that's a remarkable uh, comment to make about a sitting U.S. senator. The, 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 ev the evidence really is um, present to us. Uh, it's being presented to us in the way that he's behaving. But that's not evidence. That, that's your opinion. But now, as a sitting member of Congress, you would have tweeted, they got him on this. A again, just based on what evidence, Congresswoman? My, my tweet was just uh, uh, an opinion based on what I believe uh, to be visible to me. And I'm pretty sure uh, there are uh, lots of Americans who, who agree on this. I do want to ask you also about... All right. So she suddenly said it's an opinion she changed her story that it's an opinion now and uh, that's what she's going with so you know what's incredible is is that she literally called out the fact that he is no longer on their team and no one batted an eyelash they're talking about him being a little bit you know you know a bit of a backdoor fun man he can do whatever he likes i really don't care I don't like Lindsey Graham because I know a few things about Lindsey Graham and I anything that comes out of South Carolina is dirty. He is an insider to them. Uh, we should continue because now they ask her about her tweet, her anti-Semitic tweet. Based on what I believe uh, to be visible to me and I'm pretty sure uh, there are lots of Americans who, who agree on this. 
I do want to ask you also about your comments on Israel to remind people what you tweeted about Israel in 2012 during the offensive in Gaza. You wrote, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. You've commented a lot since then, trying to explain what you meant by that. And I wonder just what your message is this morning as the first on our Game Changers series um, to uh, Jewish Americans who find that deeply offensive. Oh, uh, that's a really a regrettable way of, of expressing that. Um, I, I don't know um, how my comments would be offensive to, to Jewish Americans. My comments uh, precisely are addressing what, uh, what was happening uh, doing the... How could they be offensive to Jewish Americans? She's saying this. So she's doubling down on her tweet. Just listen. Uh, the Gaza war. Um, and I am clearly speaking about the way that the Israeli uh, regime um, was uh, conducting itself uh, in, in that war. Before you go, we saw Steve King um, reprimanded by everyone except for one member of, of the House. So you voted to reprimand him as well this week for his racist remarks. Um, and you called it an overwhelmingly bold message. There was one member of Congress, your fellow Democrat, Representative Bobby Rush, who voted against that because he said, look, this doesn't go far enough. This is not a censure. We need to say more on these racist remarks. He said it was not worth the paper it was written on. I wonder, Congresswoman, what do you think? Do you think that Representative Steve King should be censured? Yes. Uh, I think yeah, it's really important right. in a moment, uh, in a time in, in our nation's history where uh, racism um, and, and bigotry is rampant, uh, that we take a bold stance. Um, I am one that is for um, restoration and, and one that believes in um, restorative measures. Uh, and I hope uh, now that, we, that that wasn't followed through with, uh, that this serves as an opportunity for... Um, the congressmen to make amends and, and move away um, from the, the hateful speech that he has partaken in. Congressman Ilhan Omar, thanks very much and congratulations. Oh my gosh. So she's all for silencing people that promote bigotry and divisive speech, but her divisive speech and her bigotry should not be condemned. But in the short you know, run, um, what I care about thing, is the long run. Oh so if you look at the clinical trials of doing that, the first thing is, is about a 40 I wanted to play that later. Uh, so here's the deal with Ilhan. Okay. She is censoring speech from people that say things that offend. They are making this, they're creating precedent to silence our own representatives. But the funniest thing, me listening to her, aside from doubling down on, you know, calling out Lindsey Graham, not for being fluffy or a little bit bendy, right? But for being a non-Democrat, as he has been assigned, but... Listen to her, the way she speaks. She's been here since a very, very young age. And she is not able to articulate sounds like an American. She cannot speak English like an American. And you know what? My, my eldest came to the United States um, and entered um, the education system here with a very British accent. She would say, well, ah, you know, and she would say, mummy, but 
she is now 18. She's serving in our armed forces and she doesn't have an accent. Now, one would say, well, that was English. Yeah, well, she didn't listen to She, Her ears were listening to me speak and the foreign languages around her because she's lived in Europe. So everyone would be speaking French, uh, German, Arabic, and Greek around her, and obviously British. But she has no problem articulating like an American, which also, I would say, is a clue. I'm still doing my homework. But just listening to her, it is impossible for her linguistic skills to have failed her if she came at such a young age. Regardless, if your parents speak their mother tongue in the house, because my both of my parents were legal immigrants fresh off the boat, and we hardly spoke any English at home. None. I don't have an accent. Actually, when I'm really relaxed, my New York comes out. But I'm just pointing something out because this will be coming to the forefront because Ilhan Omar has a very, how can I say, secretive history. You know, we all know she married her brother, yet that hasn't come to surface yet um, in detail. These are things that need to come out in a court setting. Where marrying your sibling is actually not really allowed under our laws. And to commit immigration fraud uh, in doing that is a big deal. And she came through Lutheran Social Services, right? So there's got to be paper trail. So did she indeed come to this country at a very young age? Where is the documentation? It's really hard to find it. They guard anything uh, that has to do with refugees as if it's, you know, more secretive than the presidential records. This is just a hint of some things that I've found digging into Ilhan Omar as I start digging into Lutheran Social Services. The way they check them, the way they document them, and the way they make money. I don't know if you guys saw, but Haley Kennington, um, very good friend of mine today on com, published an article where uh, she did, and this is going to hint you to what I'm talking about, how a Texas man allegedly used fake packs to rake in hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he spent most of them at a strip club. Now... Each committee, you know, when PACs are registered, right, each committee is required to report, right, with the FEC. And in the indictment for this guy, the committees are listed as Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, and President Donald J. Trump. So he had PACs for all these three people funneling money. So in December 2015, HC for president was registered. Uh, no, Feel the Burn was registered on December 2015. Uh, HC for president registered in January 2016 and Trump victory March 25th, 2016. So he had a pack and between December 15th and July 16th, 
This guy, under a fake name, Jacob Collins, had raked in over $300,000 in contributions to feel the burn. He paid no expenses for transportation, charting buses, fueled, and donated less than $4,000 to any political causes, you know, in regards to Bernie Sanders. Pretty, pretty incredible, right? He paid himself a salary of about, you know, um, 50000 uh, between January and June. So for six months, he got, you know, just under 50K. And then for Hillary Clinton, he raised um, over 73000 between January and November six, uh, 2016. And none of it went to um, Hillary Clinton except for $1,100 that was actually donated to political causes. And then Trump victory... Um, he, after moving um, money around, he raised $165,000 between March and November, and none of that money went to any political actions. This is pretty insane. You need to go on there. Haley even put the indictment so you can read it. Um, you know, these are just people that benefit, but the scheme that he ran is what these programs run. Uh what these refugee programs, what these um, charities and um, other organizations set up. Because you have to wonder, why does every senator, why does every congressperson have their own charity? Why do they have their own charities? Why do they need to have a charity to show that what? That they're doing good? We don't need you to give money to show you do good. Just do what the people elected you to do. So they all create these committees and funds to funnel out money from people, right? Corruption, right? They just take our money. And then they take our tax money now. We're starting to see how our tax money is being spent for activities for the left. You know, it's been uh, very widely reported from 2016 that organizations such as uh, Women's March, you know, where people donate, um, uh, you know, money pays for, you know, contributes, I guess, to Democratic candidates. And then we see Planned Parenthood that actually gets our federal tax money, funds, and donates to these Democratic candidates. We see that. And now we see that organizations that are bringing in refugees or temporary visit our country workers that are funded by our federal and state tax dollars are funding Democratic candidates and funding bills that they want to push. They're lobbying with our money. So the money that you're paying for your house is going toward, I don't know, a pro-abortion, pro-choice bill. They're lobbying. The, the money that you, uh, that's taken out of your paycheck when you're sweating for 12 hours working, that hard-earned money is taken and put into a bill to remove your right to guns. That's what they do. They're taking our money and using it. It's pretty incredible, right? You have to say. But not only that, our tax money is bringing and lobbying for people just like Ilhan Omar that penetrate the very highest offices as they can with our money. Lutheran Social Services through a huge party.
and a fundraiser just for her. Remember, they operate solely and the majority of their money, 99% of their money, comes in from state and federal taxes. And they threw a party for a candidate. That's a problem. You cannot use federal funds for that because, see, I found that. So guess what I'm doing? Filing a complaint because there's laws against that. You cannot throw parties for candidates when you're using federal tax money to do so. Now, um, before I get into this top of the hour break, I want to talk about the Democratic candidates. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about Beto and Biden and all these other clowns. Now we see Senator Heidkamp. She's working for, you know, NBC now. She's got a new job being a political commentator. She has the class. She's so classy. If you could see me, I'm rolling my eyes. Now, a lot of people are floating names. Oprah, Michael Obama, Michelle Obama. You know, we might even see Bruce Jenner. What it, I mean, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, we might see Angelina Jolie. They've got like so many names. But I'm going to tell you one name that I'm trying to get on this radio show so we can ask him a bunch of questions, and that's Gang. The only candidate that I can almost foresee uh, being any competition because they pander to the losers, to the lefties, to the I love everyone, to the we need to use technology for our benefit, but we don't need to do jobs. The guy handing out money, which, by the way, I'm still trying and waiting for an answer to see if. Giving away money to people during your campaign, you know, for the year, like his, his, his spiel is that he's going to be giving a universal income of $1,000 a month to every single American. Okay. Every working aged American will be getting $1,000 a month. Yeah. No inflation. Right. But so every American is going to be getting $1,000 a month and he's campaigning now and he's literally taking families and saying, all right, I'm already going to start awarding that to you just so you can then come back to me in a year and say how that helped you. How dumb do you have to be to believe the results? Because if every single American in the United States of an a- of working age receives a thousand dollars a month in income we are going to see inflation where we used to pay four dollars for a gallon of milk it's going to be seven dollars because you know your money isn't worth nothing that thousand dollars will quickly have the you know the same value as maybe a hundred it's pretty insane if you think about it but People these days that are voting for the left and voting for their policies are not stable-minded. They lack the ability to see things correctly and focus on facts. They don't know economics. I mean, come on, guys. We have Ocasio on the finance committee. This woman can't even count to 20 without thinking about it. Yang is a threat. So any of you out there happen to be in a city where Yang talks, I would urge you to go down there and contact independent journalists. There's tons of us online. And give us what you have. Because these are things that are important. Because we saw Ocasio take storm. And they have her so popular that she has her own, like, channel now. And she's dumb. She's still being trained 
She gets away with not knowing the three branches of government. She talks about taxing people 70%. Oh my gosh, that means I work hard for every 100,000 I have to give away 70? What? So that way I'm at the same level with a loser that didn't want to work? How is that even fair? I go to school, I get an alphabet soup after my name, and I should have the same money that, you know, this other dude didn't even bother finishing high school and just works at Burger King? Are you kidding? How is that fair? Why would I want to go to college and get all that work done and the exams and the boards and everything if I'm going to have the same money as just flipping burgers at Burger King or stocking shelves at Walmart? Why? Exactly why. Because that's what you're going to say. Why should I go to medical school? Why should I go to law school? Because I'm not going to have the same, I'm not going to have more money. I'm not going to be able to buy whatever I want. So poke it. I'm not doing it. And that's where you give birth to a brand new generation of people that do not care and wish to function minimally. And then policies like Yang's come into play where he finds people that may be good. Listen to what he says. You may be good at uh, mathematics and we'll find you in high school and train you in coding because we're going to go full robots and AI. That's the future. And then the rest of you that aren't good, you could be like cleaning up factories or, you know, fanning out servers, you know, remedial jobs because you're not worth anything. This is how you do it. By killing the motivation of the people to even want to succeed. What is the point of going through? I, I went through college. I have like over 12 years and I still haven't even finished my MBA. I still have three classes. I really have to finish it. But I've got degrees and, uh, you know, for almost 20 years of education post high school. And I will be making the same money as someone at Walmart that stocks shelves because it's the right thing to do. In what world and universe is that even right? In Ocasio's it is. In a communistic, socialist environment it is. Then everybody gets paid the same and they just function as they are told to. They find what you're good at and they place you. That's who we need to focus on, guys. We need to focus on Yang. He is a threat to our society. It's no joke. He is a super threat. He will come out from behind. I don't care what anybody says about Beto or, you know, Biden, because Biden's going to shoot himself in the foot with all this hair sniffing and pedo videos that are out there. And God knows what else we've dug up on him. Yang is a threat, a huge threat. So if he has a rally in your town, I suggest you go and listen to what he has to say. He's a smooth talker, he's intelligent, and he's got a lot of money. So he doesn't even need the Democrats to get behind him. He's going to come up and annihilate them all. Big threat. It'll be work or not work. 2020 is just around the corner, so pay attention. See you guys after this break. The Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to 
Tori says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. So welcome back, everyone, for the second half of the Tory Sess Show. I thought I'd continue with introducing you to Yang. I want you to understand I've been following him since he put down. I've been following his career, basically, in tech. So, you know, um, he is not being pushed as hard as, you know, old money, old, <laughs> and it's not old, well, it is old money, because they are old money, but swamp creatures, you know, how they were pushing Cruz, you know, the Republicans. I don't like Cruz, I don't care how nice he talks now, I don't like him. He'll be the first in line to challenge. But take a listen to what he says of how universal basic income is how you can propel uh, arts, entrepreneurship, and creativity, right? That if you give people free money, that that'll motivate them to do more. Here's what he says. That if you had something uh, related to a universal income, it would be the greatest catalyst to creativity and entrepreneurship um, in the history of mankind, really, because... People need to get their heads up in order to envision possibilities, see problems, and say, hey, I can solve that problem. And that's what entrepreneurs do. Entrepreneurs see things that need to exist and then make them happen. So what he's saying is if you give people money, then they will get a breather. Yeah, of course. If I got, you know, uh, $1,000 for doing nothing, you know, I'd have more time to look at um, other things that I want to do, maybe paint, because I, I actually do like to paint. I have paintings in my house that I make. My husband calls it art in air quotes because it's abstract. But hey, so what he's saying, it'll promote innovation. No, Mr. Yang, it doesn't. It's out of necessity that we give birth to a new idea. It's out of poverty that new ideas come. It's out of trying to make a difficult situation easy is how you are inspired to find a solution. Not by being comfortable how many millionaires do you sit do you think sit down and actually come up with ideas themselves while they have all this money to find solutions i'm just saying like do you think the wright brothers uh you know that wanted to mess around with airplanes uh were rich no it doesn't happen take a listen to what else he says when you're not doing a job that you dislike, that you have to sort of gird yourself for every day, and then when you come home, you're like, oh, and you throw your stuff down. I mean, that, 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 that's not the kind of uh, atmosphere that cultivates, uh, you know, like looking up and, and figuring out what to do. What was the proportion of people that say they're engaged with their jobs? I think it was something like 13%. I mean, there right. are a lot of people so that they don't like working uh, at Starbucks every day to be able to do their jobs. They don't like you working know, and, at And fundamentally, I think it's about confidence and belief in human beings. Is that there, there's something where someone's like, oh, no, if we let people like, like think that maybe they could get stuff without having to show up for eight hours a day, like, you know, like all, all sorts of bad things will happen. And you just have to tell them, look, it's going to be the same thing with, with people ha- having 
basic income as it is now is just it's just going to be that they will be able to make more intelligent decisions. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not the way it works. It's out of struggle that we rise. But here's his full video of his plan that I want to play for you, just so you guys understand. He um, posted it on January 9th. I'm running. Hold on. He said, I'm running for president to build a new economy, one that puts people first, universal basic income of $1,000 a month, Medicare for all, and the new American scorecard will help us achieve this goal. And one of my listeners sent me a DM saying $1,000 a month for the whole USA is $3.89 trillion a year. And guess what? He's also telling you where he's going to get this money from. So he is a very good talker to implement this agenda that they had in place that Hillary failed to put forward and propel it even faster. Here we go. Over the last number of years, we have automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Missouri, and Iowa, all states that were swing states and competitive in all states that went to Donald Trump. So that's the state we're in right now. And unfortunately, I'm here to say things are going to get much, much worse. What we did to the manufacturing workers, we're about to do to retail workers, call center workers, fast food workers, truck drivers, and on and on through the economy. The only thing I worry about is that some total unknown that nobody ever heard of comes along. Then there's Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, entrepreneur and author of The War on Normal People. Andrew, you running for president? Yes, yes I am. So we're in the third or fourth inning of the greatest technological and economic shift in human history. He's looking at what's happening in tech and automation and AI and he says this is going to be catastrophic if we don't figure out how to deal with it and he thinks UBI is a solution. Every American gets $1,000 a month. I've never seen shareholders get upset when a company declares a dividend. This is a dividend for the American people. We are the richest, most advanced society in the history of mankind. He's really been campaigning on a platform of ideas, and it's been fascinating to watch how that has taken off, and I think that kind of candidate really could make headway. I'm Andrew Yang. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm not a politician. I'm a problem solver. Some people call me a futurist. And I say, I'm a presentist. It's just that the other politicians are stuck in the past. Right now, 57% of Americans can't afford an unexpected $500 bill. What happens when you put $1,000 a month into their hands? Where does that money go? They're going to spend it, right, in their local community. Instead of GDP, we should be measuring childhood education rates, average income, mental health and freedom from substance abuse, environmental sustainability. The proportion of our elderly who can retire in quality circumstances, if we change the measurements, we can change everything. We spend twice as much as other industrialized countries on our health care than other countries because our system rewards activity and not healthfulness. And as president, I will move us towards Medicare for all and get the incentives right. Washington, D.C. is not a town of leaders. It's a town of followers. We need to create a wave in the rest of the country and bring that wave crashing down on their heads. And I'm here tonight to ask you, will you create that wave with me? Yes. Together, we can build a new economy that prioritizes human beings, and we can take this disaster of a presidency and swing it the other direction. We have to have our own vision and have the courage to say, if we invest in ourselves, then we will all win. 
Please welcome. Please welcome to the stage. The next president. The next president. The next president. Of the United States. Of the United States. Andrew Yang. Okay, that should scare everyone. First of all, totally motivating video. And if you watch the crowds in his videos, you'll see that they are a mix of people. They're not all, you know, with the ear extenders and the funky hair. We have, you know, people that look like they work for a living. He is seeking because he is foreseeing, which he's rightly foreseeing, That robots will be replacing humans in the next 50 years to do simple things. You know, the minute McDonald's workers who, you know, the majority don't even have a GD demand higher wages because, you know, their life, you know, just to exist and to pay rent and to pay bills is a lot. You know, their answer was to put automated kiosks. But like I said in my first half of the show, you cannot totally replace humans. You will need them to um, troubleshoot these computers. They can't make decisions like computers from now until 2020. This needs to be reinforced because what he is seeking to do is literally replace humans with technology and give us a universal basic income and provide us jobs, more jobs, which is cleaning machines, fanning machines, uh, coding, uh, you know, and pretty much assigning the jobs that you can do. As an entrepreneur and someone myself who has pitched to VCs, I can tell you that He is perfect in communication. He can communicate perfectly to get what he wants. Remember, this is a guy that has raised millions for whatever he's creating. He is going to pander now to give away millions of dollars. And you know what his slogan is? Humanity first. He's not getting a lot of attention. And like that clip that he put, President Trump said, you know, the only thing I'm worried about is someone coming out of nowhere that nobody knows about. And that's him. And he is a threat to our freedom. He is a threat to our freedom. Because I've analyzed him. I've listened to him. I've written to him. I've subscribed to everything he sends out just to see how crafty they've become. They're not putting their chips in on him because if he's seen too early, then we will be able to counter that. The free people of the United States will be able to see him coming and we will start mitigating. Here's why I'm here. We need to start mitigating. Their sinister plan has a backup plan for 2020. If they cannot push one of their old money guys, they will push this new money guy. This should terrify all of you. Because just like you listening to him, it's like, yeah, you know, he's making sense. If you give them, no, 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 no. Because if you listen to everything he says, and I urge you to go listen, you have to hear the story that they're not telling you. He says, we are going to do it to retail. Truck drivers, yeah, they're not going to use you anymore. They'll be railroads. So there'll be people like my husband that will be transporting freight because we'll make it more efficient and more streamlined. And we don't need trucks anymore. 
We don't need retail persons because people will walk in and digitally do it. Maybe we'll just do away with shops around the corner for good. But then he's pandering, saying that you'll have extra income. Why? Do you think that you'll have the same income? Sounds great to someone who's making, you know, $1,200 a month working at Walmart. I'll have an extra thousand. That's great. Yeah, but then your job at Walmart is gone because it's going to be automated because the way he's going to find this $3.5 trillion to give everyone $1,000 a month is by making sure that he funds Walmart to step into the next century of technology and replace you. And as they replace you, he will find them. They will be paying a special tax, a special fee for automating their processes. So if a car manufacturer is making things with robots, that car manufacturer will be paying a special tax for not having humans. If um, deliveries by Amazon are done by drones and um, no longer by trucks at UPS, we'll average out how many people lose their job and we'll fine you for that or you'll pay a special tax for that. That's how he's going to get that $3.5 trillion. But you know, it's better for the companies too because they become crazy rich. Because guess what? If it's a drone, you don't have to insure the drone. If it's a drone, you don't have to make sure that they're safe and harbored and, you know, in a safe environment working. If it's a call center, you know, you don't have to insure the building and every single person in case they trip and they sue you for it. You, these companies are going to create the a globalist froth at the top and we're going to be the gunk at the bottom and then there's going to be like this uh, free-flowing fluid that is nobody it's going to be clear we're going to be the scum at the bottom and these big companies and yang and the government will be at the top and we will have more limited choices on what we can do this is a scary reality and it's coming to fruition This is what they're going to use to attack our president and no one's paying attention. They're pandering to your despair of needing jobs. He's going to tell you how he's going to create jobs. You tell that to the guy that just paid off his truck so that he can make money going cross country and delivering. Tell him how you're going to teach him how to code at the age of 55. Tell that mother of three how she can get a job wiping down servers, but she'll have enough to make ends meet because, you know, wiping down the servers at Walmart rather than being a cashier uh, is better. Or, you know, waitresses, maybe we don't need those either. Let's automate that. Just shoot food through a table straight from the kitchen. Maybe we'll have a robot doing that too. But don't worry, you can clean the floors. You can uh, load the dishes if a robot can't do it. Maybe you can taste the food too. These, I'm, I'm talking extreme examples so you understand where this is going. Ocasio is dangerous. Dangerous to the minds of the people. And now they've just put her on the finance committee. So we've got someone that is worse than common core sitting on these committees. And then we've got Yang coming up, pandering to all these losers with loser degrees, telling them, hey, you're going to have this extra money. It's going to be so great. And then once this extra money is implemented, you know, and he needs to pull this money out of somewhere, he creates incentives for Walmart. Hey, 
Let's just do what Amazon's doing where whatever they put in their basket or pocket, we're just monitoring them everywhere. And then they just walk out and we charge whatever card their persona has. Like, you know, they have smart markets like that where you just fill your cart and just walk out and they've already billed you because you have a credit card on file. Incentives like that. Incentives such as, hey, you know, we're doing away with paper currency because there's no one to take it for you. So, you know, you could put a chip in. That'll be quicker. That way when you enter the store, they just scan you RFID. They know who you are and the camera follows you. Scary stuff, right? Futuristic stuff to some people that are excited for automation to actually do nothing and end up like those fat, flubby things. Was it Wally, the movie where the boy was floating on a chair and he didn't even have bones in him because he didn't move much? You know, once I went to, um, well, I've been a few times, but when I was in South Korea once, I went to the LG house. I don't know if any of you have ever toured it or anything. But um, I booked an appointment. I paid the money to stay in an LG room. And um, the day before I got my room, I went to train. It was kind of like experimental where everything was automated. So they would tell me that, you know, in the morning when I wake up, I can blink in a certain way after, you know, it um, learns my blinking, learns my face, you know, and learns my voice after training it. Um, they said, you know, if you blink like this, it'll create false sunlight. Um, and you could just tell it what you want. If you want your window, instead of seeing outside. So you could just see, uh, whatever you want. You could just say crashing waves or, you know, a view in Tahiti or the Alps snow capped and it'll just come up and you could just say, Oh, brew me this coffee. And you could just ask what kind of coffee you want and ask for what creamer you want. Guys, I, I went there and I'm not going to lie. It was pretty awesome. But when I sat down to eat uh, breakfast and I was like, oh, I, I said I wanted eggs or whatever. And, and it came up a shoot from the building. I, I don't know if this even exists anymore because um, you had to like book it weeks in advance to go. It was like some schnazzy thing. Um, the food came up cooked and I, and I thought to myself, you know what's really creepy is that there's microphones everywhere. And if I want to do something that's private or say something that's private, I can't hide it because a computer is recording it or assessing it. And then it dawned on me if I was sitting there with my friend and I was like, dude, could you imagine if I, if I said something like, I want to kill you right now or something, some alarm would go off, uh, you know, or something, you know, just, you know, how we say things. And we did see that with Alexa, right, where they called the police when there was a domestic violence dispute um, and they just showed up. Um, and this is, you know, we're talking, this is what? Wow. I was there, it's 2019, right? So that's uh, 10, 14 years ago. This was technology 14 years ago that I'm talking about, pre-iPhone or on the cusp of, yeah, it was pre-iPhone. So you need to think about this stuff has is already exists, the technology. And even our president said, wow, you can't even imagine the technology we have because we do. But remember, everybody is using the technology, good and bad. And this is why we are in control. Because we're using the same technology they are and using whatever information they're using against us, we're using against them.
pretty pretty impressive, right? If you think about it, this guy has a silver tongue. He says everything perfectly. And he is going around right now during his campaign and offering people a thousand dollars a month to make his point because a year from now those people will come up have recorded their lives shown how much better it was shown their bank accounts and sway people I'm telling you this now for next year because it's going to be a very big deal this is one of the scariest candidates we have propelling us into a position that you know people cannot refuse it's almost as if, I mean, everyone would love to have that. Like I said, I totally enjoyed my experience up until I thought about it. Up until the the fact of me saying, oh, uh, I'd like to take a shower now and I'd like all the jets on me and I'd like the temperature to be at 74 degrees Fahrenheit. And it was like, of course, would you like to steam? And it put the window all the way to the top so it was even like a steam sauna in there right I totally loved it the automation loved it but then I thought oh no everybody can hear anything and you know I'm not anti-technology I have a Google hub in my kitchen I listen to music, I listen to talk radio, I uh, watch recipe videos but it's in my kitchen and when I'm not using it guess what happens to it it gets unplugged And it has a camera. It's got a sticker on it. There's not a computer in my house that doesn't have a sticker. Even my Xbox One Connect has a sticker on it. And I disable microphones because I like my privacy because I can do that now. But it'll be a point where we can't. Where it'll be obligatory to have. Where you can't choose, I don't want a chip in my hand so that when I go to the doctor, I check in, or when I go to the supermarket and shop, or when I go to the pharmacy, I don't need people to know that I have a yeast infection, right? I don't need that on file, but it will be. And this guy is propelling us straight toward that. And that is how you enslave a nation, by making them dependent on things that they have no direct control over. You know, like, for example, I had um, a security system at my house where it was keyless entry and you'd, like, type in a code and go in, right? My husband picked it. That was squashed almost instantly because the minute the battery goes down or your Wi-Fi's down or you have a power outage, right, you can't get into your house, You are dependent on the electricity. You can't use your key. So I changed it for one that was like, okay, we'll have the keyless entry so that way we can monitor when the kids come in, but we definitely need a key. So I changed it to have an actual manual key because there's some things you just can't reinvent. We can't reinvent the wheel and we can't reinvent the wall, let alone reinvent a key. Because if your key is, is dependent and the only fallback you have is the necessity of electricity, someone else is in full control of your life this is where you lose your freedom people don't get it it's great to have technology I love it I use Google Assistant all the time hey play this music hey play that music I'm okay with that but when it comes down to my privacy phone is off in another room and I'm 
talking with whoever I want in full privacy because I have that option. Soon it will not be an option. I have a wood burning fireplace. So if someone decides that they want to kneel me down to obey by turning off my electricity or my heat, I've got a fire. We should always have the option. This is the dangerous and nefarious path that we're at. Aside from what they've been doing, enslaving us with these invisible chains, slowly adding a link every single day, telling you how we don't need walls. We just need to open the doors to everyone. Yes, because then they will mass control us. The whole plan was that all these people come in and then it's like, well, you know, social security numbers don't work. We already know that. Uh, fingerprints and facial recognition is what we're going to do. That's how we're going to suss out criminals. Now we have even preemptive bills. Do you know that in my state, they are trying to push a red flag law, which means if you are married to someone that doesn't like you, say you have an ex-wife that is crazy, jealous because you guys separated and then a year later you're getting remarried. She files like a report or she and 20 of her friends get on Twitter and start saying what a threat you are, how dangerous or aggressive you are, just whatever she wants. She could say whatever she wants. That constitutes enough of, a, of grounds based on this bill to take away all your guns without due process. Seriously, though, this is where we're heading. And what we need to do is make sure that we start the right conversations because we are the news. This is very scary. Anyone that comes to you with something so phantasmical, so amazing, maybe not so amazing in the end. See you guys all in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Okay, welcome back. I was saying how this week wasn't moving fast, but for some reason during my show, the time just flies, doesn't it? Um... Just to recap, I thought that maybe we could just finish the conversation about Yang off. Let's see if he actually accepts my invitation. And I'm not one that brings guests on to um, attack them. I'm not one that will um, sit here and trash them. I don't. I want people from all sides to call into my show, to be part of my show, because it's through dialogue that uh, we find, uh, you know, the sauce, right? The exact point of what we're doing. It's really important. Now, something that I've been saying for months now is that you need to be very careful who you follow and what narratives you take. Because as you can see, Ilhan Omar's statement, for example, was not talking about him being a little bit fruity. It wasn't. It was about him being part of the left and no longer being. But to cover that remark off because she hasn't been coached correctly, they're peddling the idea that she's homophobic because that's something that someone can peddle. You know, oh, well, it's a religious belief, so we have to accept it, you know, or something like that. I won't go well on the LGBTQ community, uh, but... You know, they're only less than 1%, right? And their supporters are what, 3%, 4% that, that would actually vote with that in mind first? So the Democrats aren't really worried about that. The bottom line is enslaving you. So regardless, they want to throw dust in your eyes so you don't understand what Ilhan Omar is saying. And anyone you see peddling that, oh, that was a homophobic comment, don't think. That's not what she said. Listen. You heard it. She said nothing about that. She's inferring he's fruity. No, she's not. She's inferring, well, look at him. He said he was the most dangerous. He's no longer on the right side, you know, supporting America. And he's so basically she's saying, oh, he looks too wishy-washy. Maybe he was flipped, which I highly doubt. Lindsey Graham, there's a lot of insurance policies on him. He likes to diddle with things that are 
considered off limits by sane people. So having said that, I, I urge all of you to be careful who you follow, who you listen to. And you know what? That goes for me too. You know, always take things with a grain of salt. Because those that you think are the right are not really the right. Those that you think are MAGA are not really MAGA. And you know, let me just say this. Anyone who is telling you to think is on the right side of history. Anyone who is telling you this is fact, this is how it goes, is not on the right side of history. The purpose is to enslave every man, woman, and child. The atrocities that they've committed against humanity and are continuing to commit are immense and will not stop. You have and I have provided compliance to them and allowed them to perpetuate this. Now... We are all awake, greatly awake. And what we need to do is be vocal. Take it out there. Ask the questions. Put the statements. Look between the lines. Listen to the stories they're not telling you. Because they're smart. I mean, even, what was it, Right Wing Watch. Haley did a great write-up on how they were trying to entrap Laura Loomer. And Laura Loomer, you may not agree with her methods, but she is an honest person that stands by her convictions and her beliefs and does not waver. Those are very few people that exist like that, that will not shift their morals. They will not shift their story. They will not flip flippers. What's the, what's the state? What did we used to say? Um, uh, let's talk about infidelity. If he cheats on you once, he's going to cheat on you again. Right. Uh, if they lie to you once, they're going to lie to you again. If they are working against humanity once, you know, they're going to work against humanity again. Tomorrow, um, considering that this week has been so slow, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of you are like, what, it's still Thursday? It means that there is something brewing that we are not seeing. It is extremely slow. There are pockets of times that, that move faster, but it is extremely slow. And it's not just me. I've asked people. I've conversed with family because, you know, we're all going to be getting together uh, back home in New York this spring. So I was talking with them and they were like, geez, it's, it's only Thursday. I can't wait for the weekend. And I'm thinking, wow, me too. And this is from people around the world, right? For some reason, time has slowed down this week completely. And we've just seen perpetuated insanity uh, in regards to what's coming out, you know, but nothing too substantial, right? The only thing we're seeing is the Democrats exposing what they want. Though today, listening to our president at the Pentagon, he was telling us a story that isn't being told. And I have to be careful when I'm on air speaking to, you know, the whole United States on how I phrase things because 
when you're not face to face with someone and you don't know them, it's very easy to just brush them with a broad brush. But missile defense is very important. And to understand his speech today, we have to just take a moment, close our eyes, because sometimes, and George Papadopoulos actually tweeted this too, sometimes we have to close our eyes to see. But if you close your eyes and realize, say you're like on another planet right now, right, looking down at Earth, and you're looking at the political activity our planet globally we are in turmoil alliances are being forged where they had never been before and those are questionable because like i've said before fear drives people to do things and forfeit rights and create alliances that they would normally not do Reading in between the lines or listening to the story the president isn't telling us is very important. Every single thing he has done has been done with a very specified purpose. Everything he tweets is done with a very specified purpose. Today he spoke about missiles. He spoke about defense. Have any of you ever heard of Star Wars? It was a project that Reagan was kind of piloting. I urge you to look into that. We'll talk a lot about this next week because more is coming to the surface. January is going to be a very exciting month when you look back on it. Even though while you're going through January, it kind of looks dull. In a way, you'll see that a lot is being done this month, and it'll all make sense when you see it in, in retrospect. But we have to remember, he's pointed out a lot of things that he talked about today at the Pentagon, which, by the way, it was his fifth visit to the Pentagon today before a speech. And it was using... Missile defense outside of our airspace, right? He wanted to beef up our defense uh, from, uh, you know, outside the planet Earth. He wanted to place them in our orbit and then some. You know, when people in the, I guess, you know, going by what we know of history, when people in the early years of A.D., let's say, right, 1 A.D., 2 A.D., whatever, were told that the sun, uh, the earth revolves around, or everything revolves around the earth, uh, they took it because they... Couldn't say otherwise, right? They, they couldn't dispute that. They have to be the center of the universe. Then things change and we find out that, no, as technology developed, you know, different things were stated. We were told by many, many people that the earth was flat. I mean, detailed maps were drawn 
showing the United States of America, showing South America, you know, from 3000 BC. Yet no one ever traveled at that time, right? Over to the Americas, supposedly. But we do have it in transcripts from ancient philosophers uh, that the earth was flat but uh, you know and this was the way it was and you know then everything changed it's round you know Columbus sailed the ocean blue and didn't fall off the corner of the earth supposedly so these are things that we are told our perspectives change as technology supposedly evolves but it's more so what other people tell you because if a million people start telling you that I don't know Coca-Cola has chlorine in it, or no, let's just say they use an extract from a cockroach. Let's just pretend, okay? And we've got like tons and millions of people saying that that brand has cockroach extracts to make it taste good. Even if it's not true, suddenly people will subscribe to that ideology and say, well, you know, it may be true. It may be, it may not be true, but I'm not going to meddle with it because I'm not in uh, the you know, in the manufacturing plant that, you know, cans it or bottles it. And I'm not entitled to the recipe. You know how they like keep the Dr. Pepper uh, recipe like really close to them. So you can't really judge, but you make an assumption if someone says something over and over again. Where am I going with this? And I hope you're getting it. This uh, speech today was very well put. And allowed for people that actually listen to the story that's not being told, understand that our planet in general is in turmoil. People are literally fighting. There are civil wars breaking out. We have alliances forged that are unstable, but we can't do anything about it. You can't stabilize something that has been unstable for so long in that sense. So we always have to ensure to have a backup plan. But we also need to make sure that we are using every avenue to protect our innate right to freedom and using space will help that. I think the best way to put this is, um, so I've been to CERN a couple times. Uh, I actually had taken my eldest daughter when she was one and a half and had her push the button for the collider too. Uh, I had asked a bunch of people and scientists that were there that so gracefully allowed me to come and uh, observe. Uh, By the way, super creepy area. That's a conversation for another time. But what I told them was, if indeed we actually get them to collide and a black hole does come about, How do you control it? I mean, magnets can't control it. How do you control it? How do you control something that you cannot stabilize? So this is kind of how our politics globally are going. The relationships between, you know, billions of people interacting with each other through their leaders. How do you stabilize something you cannot, how do you control something that you cannot stabilize? How do you control it? I ask that. 
And their answer was, we don't. And I was like, so what if it like sucks up the whole planet and we all die? Well, then we all die. We'll try our best not to. But here we have President Trump explaining to us that he's not sure he can control the unstable global, in, in general, politics that are going around. These alliances, side alliances, flipping, not flipping, being bonafide, not being bonafide, and telling you he needs to take it to the next level to ensure our freedoms. He even said, you know, China's a threat, North Korea's a threat, Russia's a threat, which, you know, is pretty much playbook Democrats, so it sounds like he's on the same page with them, even though we know that these countries themselves, aside from China, because China thinks they're smarter, okay? China, culturally, will never play 100%. But they will only play with you if, A, they respect you, which they respect our president, and, B, if it suits their agenda. They don't care about their citizens. Let's be straight with that, right? Because throughout time and history and Chinese history, they really didn't care about the peasants because they can always make more of those. So in an unstable environment where magnets or, you know, trying to box things in aren't really working because you can't see the whole picture, that's what's happening at CERN. He's telling you, well, I don't want to say, well, we just die. Like the people at CERN say, we just die. I want us to make sure that we're covered. And through this shutdown, we see that NASA's been shut down a lot. NASA's private, though, so I don't know why we're giving him money anyway. Uh, And he's creating his own program. And he wants to push missiles to be out there. And he wants to defend us from space, something that Reagan had pushed to. But, you know, there's something that I'm going to tell you now. Uh, there is, uh, you know, a certain group of, um, it, this is public knowledge, but I, M-A-J-I-K, it's a special type of group in the intelligence community that are for specific eyes. And you would say that it's exactly the people, and there's only 12 of them, you would say that it is exactly the group of people that can stand back and look down at the bigger picture. Because if you know how we have heat maps and trending maps and stuff like that, um, think of it that way. When you look at your world, think of it as a heat map and see where it's going. Uh, the United States right now isn't in great turmoil. We can probably say that in Chile, not much is going on or Peru, right? Um, But the rest of the world globally is literally on fire. They're probably in the red zone. It is very volatile. It is very scary. And, um, you know, the take-home points that you will see from the Department of Defense were simple, It says that adversaries such as North Korea, Russia, and China, and Iran are increasing the number, accuracy, and sophistication of their missiles. So uh, they're using these hotbeds of instability, not to say that they're not bona fide relations that are being built. 
But for so many centuries to have such different views with the Western world, it's very, very hard. Iran, we are trying to get the people to take back their own country and remove the regime our country placed. It was Peter Strzok's dad that gave rise to Khamenei. He was responsible for that. I broke that story back in like June, I think, on big league politics. So it says that more than 20 countries employ ballistic and cruise missiles or pursuing hypersonic weapons, missiles that can travel at least five times faster than the speed of sound. Yes, because our technology is highly developed. I told you I went to this LG test house. It's like a hotel test house 14 years ago. That's a long time ago. To have technology that can see my face and realize from the way I blink if I want a bright light to wake me up or not. And then they talk about the policy. And the policy, the basic policy and foundation for this is to defend U.S. forces, allies, and partners against regional missile threats from any source. Missile defense must stay ahead of the threat posed by adversaries. To do this, the U.S. must pursue new concepts and technologies to address future threats. So we need to invest on propelling missile technology into the future. But remember, this concept isn't foreign. President Reagan already did it. And then their strategy in their take-home points is that the nation's missile defense strategy is built on deterrence, passive and active defense, and attack operations once conflict begins. So you're putting it up there to pose. You're saying, I got this. So that way it'll deter you. You're passive, you're defensive, but you're not going to engage unless conflict actually ensues. And it says one key element of the strategy is the pursuit of greater integration and interoperability with the U.S. allies and partners. Like what allies? We already know that the United Kingdom and Australia were trying to destroy our nation. So we're obviously not talking about those allies. So who are our American allies? This uncertainty, because they were never our allies. The countries were never our allies. The people in place all were allied. They have an alliance together to, per, to, to get to this end goal, which is to enslave every man, woman, and child on this planet. So the posture as they say, is that the U.S. must maintain and enhance a layered national missile defense system, deploy flexible and adaptable regional missile defenses, and protect against the emergence of new threats. Now, being in a state where most of our missiles are, you know, I know that that's not going to be where they're focusing on because we have pretty good missile defense systems in place within our nation. But what they're referring to is to take it to the next level, to showcase our strength, that with a push of a button, we can get this done. So, you know, take home, you know, when you're laying in bed or, you know, bored on a commute, just just look up, you know. Um, Reagan's program of Star Wars, that's what it was called. It was called Star Wars. And look up the level of clearance called magic, J-I-K. 
it'll make sense as to what the president was saying today in regards to the instability. These are wars that we don't see. These are notions we don't understand. But what he made clear to you is, I am not like CERN. I do not want to test and see and, you know, hey, we just die. I recognize there's instability and I want to ensure that at least with defense in place, I can try to control the instability and through that give birth to stability because our whole globe right now is completely unstable. We have countries in perpetual debt. We have countries constantly forming and destroying new alliances on a daily basis. We have countries demanding to shift borders, but yet they have conditioned us to be all about humanity first and looking after each other and uh, open borders. So the thing that is left for them to be able to push those ideas and push those changes that they wish is by allowing us or forcing us or convincing us that we must forfeit our rights. Our rights as free beings. Because only with us forfeiting our rights can they collect the accurate data, can they put it together and prosper themselves. So when the president talks about U.S. allies, it makes one wonder who are our real allies who are the countries that we can really say are there for us because if they were they'd be paying their way in nato if they were they wouldn't be doing the things they've been doing through the un they wouldn't be placing countries that have records of inhumane actions as presidents or board members of the un You know, they wouldn't have child rapists at the highest levels of power. They wouldn't have people that work in nefarious activities. So the question is, who is our ally? And number one, we are our own ally right now. And the alliances that he is forming have never been thought to be formed before. And this wave is pushing through the globe. We saw it with Bolsonaro. We saw it in Italy. We're seeing it in Pakistan. It's starting to move. But remember, everything is malleable. Humans cannot be calculated. We are movable nodes. This is why you can never come to a conclusion of how things will work out with mathematical accuracy. Even if you treat human minds and wants as a node, it's mathematically impossible. So tomorrow, Friday, we should be wrapping everything up. Have a wonderful evening. Wishing you happiness and health always. From all of us here at Red State, have a wonderful day.